but I also think we are at a tipping point where we can, um, where all the wonderful reasons why my parents brought me here to the United States um, might be forgotten, and we can't forget that. This episode is sponsored by the Bilateral Chamber of Commerce, an exclusive membership-based network of international business leadership that establishes strategic connections between the United States, the Middle East, and Africa. The mission is to foster business opportunities, economic growth, educational advancement, and mutual respect. Do you have a friend on social media, especially on Facebook, whose stories you can't wait to read? It's like you know the post is coming, and then you actually get yourself either a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or whatever, and you want to sit down and savor that story. Well, for me, our guest is that person. Please welcome Lubel Cruz Gaelic. My Hello. dear friend, it's so happy to have you here. Oh, it is just an honor, and I'm so happy to be here as well. So, Lubel, we've so we've known each other for for a while. Yes. Um, we I guess first got to know each other in the breast cancer community when we were both doing some some work in the in the breast cancer arena. Um, and since then, our paths have always crossed. But it's the Facebook stories that made me realize that you were someone I wanted to talk to for this podcast. Why do you think that is? Let me ask you that. Um, well, I think that I um, kind of maybe following in your shoes, I was a journalism major um, and always um, wanted to be a writer of some way. And um, whether or not it was um, manna from heaven or whether or not it was um, just fate, I got into the nonprofit world. And so really didn't have an outlet for my writing um, besides my parents or my husband just reading um, what I would be doing during the day or people I met. And then um, on social media, I just started posting some um, stories of um, friends, of people I had run into or become close to, um, my family, especially my parents and my husband, um, much to their chagrin and happiness. And um, that would I be think, uh, Boomer and yes. then Bernie and Lurella. <laughs> yes, yes, okay, yes, we're yes. gonna hear about them. We will. <laughs> and they are. Um, and so I started posting, and it seemed like people liked it a lot. And um, and I started doing it more. And it, if anything, if it showcases. Is, um, how wonderful um, humanity can be um, and or just makes someone smile um, and or makes them grateful to be alive in that moment. Um, I was successful in whatever I wrote that day. Well, <clears throat> you, you wrote one just a couple of days ago um, after I had already reached out to you to be on, on the podcast and, and you said to me, why do you want to interview me? <laughs> oh my gosh. And so when I read this most recent post, I said, and this is why I want to interview you, because you embody, to me, the best that humanity has to offer, that you just, you see it in people, you get it, and then you know how to communicate it. And that's what this podcast is all about. So to that end, um, I'm going to set up, um, Lubel's actually going to read a couple of her stories, and, and if it's okay with you, one of the things I'd like to do is to link to some of your stories, yes. you know, we'll post them on our website or whatever. That would be great. Not that you necessarily want to invite the whole world to be your Facebook friend, <laughs> but just in case, just in case, that we would be will, one. I'd, we will I'd love post to have the them. stories yes. for you. Okay, so this first one um, takes place at Dry Bar Houston, and they really need to put you on your on their payroll. By the way, just saying, okay, because yes, you're there all the time. <laughs> so um, this story is about. Um, 
um, well, I'll let you set it up, sure. and then you pick up where we discussed earlier. Okay. Um, yes, as um, you mentioned, I am at Dry Bar a lot. Um, I um, and that more, I go. First thing in the morning, 7 a.m., I am there to get um, my hair done. And um, just for, honestly, it not only does it make me look good, it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And um, the people there are so very kind. And I have um, become friends or um, befriended many of the wonderful young stylists that are there um, doing everyone's hair. And they're always smiling and happy. And um, I just wanted to read a quick story about one morning when I was there. And hopefully um, I had the back of one of these stylist friends of mine okay. when someone wasn't very kind to them. Okay. So I'm just going to pick it up from there. I was at Dry Bar earlier this week at my regular opening time and was sitting as I normally do with Starbucks in hand clicking away on my iPad and joking with Leah, my stylist, when an older woman sat next to me. I waved at her stylist, Logan, a happy African-American young woman who always makes me giggle when she bops around to whatever Spotify playlist the receptionist chose that morning. Everyone quickly realized the older woman was a bit crabby. Her coffee was cold. The hairdryer was too hot. Why was she even there because it might rain and her coif would just get ruined? I caught Logan's eye in the mirror and winked. Logan smiled back. Then Jay-Z's Big Pimpin' came onto the speakers. Logan did her normal thing and started bouncing to the bass and whispered the lyrics. I grinned to myself as I pounded away on another email. All of a sudden, I hear the older woman sigh heavily and say, This music is atrocious. Logan, totally alarmed, stopped singing and smiling, and in silence, continued to brush the woman's hair. I don't mean to offend you, the woman said, but this is not music. It might be your people's music for your kind of people, but it is simply atrocious. Leah looked at me in the mirror, shocked, and as I glanced at Logan, I saw her lip quiver, and she bit it to stop the emotion that she was building. She whispered to the receptionist, can you change the station? As many of you know, I'm a very early riser. What you don't know is 7.12 in the morning is my jam, and also my, when my sassy is at its peak. I closed my iPad, turned around, and said, no, don't change it. I love this song. And then I sang, because God our Father certainly didn't give me the ability to rap. And I said, we doing big pimpin' sending G's, big pimpin' on BLADs. We doing big pimpin' on NYC. It's just that Jigga man pimp be and seen you and me. The hair dryers in the song were the only things you could hear as everyone turned to look at me. I turned to Logan and said, I love this song. I love our music. The older woman huffed angrily and said, I don't know what you're trying to do, young lady, but this music. I turned to her and the third cup of coffee kicked in. I love this music. I bet I would love your people's music too. The older woman stared at me and said, what music is that? I said, you tell me. You're twisting my words. My people don't have music. That is a shame. We all sat in silence for 30 minutes. I opened my iPad back up, continued my emails, and patted Leah's hand as she squeezed my shoulder. I looked up at the mirror and saw the woman glaring at me, but I also saw Logan, lip not quivering anymore, but forming a small grin. The woman left without a word. As I left, I went to Logan and said, I really do love this music. She wrapped her arms around my neck and said, it loves you back. So Jay-Z, Boys to Men, Les Mis, James Taylor, 
Reba McIntyre or frickin' Springsteen. Share our music this Saturday, people, with all your people. Life is a glorious sing-along, and I am belting out every word today. So, So I have chills again, and I remember reading that the first time. And it made me laugh, and it made me cry, and it made me just think. I could picture this whole scenario, and this woman saying, your people's music. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's go there. Yes. Because that's what this podcast is all about. It's about the labeling and the othering. What is it that you think, I mean, you're so good at, at capturing it when it's happening and calling it out. What, where does that come from in you? Um, I think that there is, um, I was actually born in Manila, Philippines and moved here when I was four. And I remember thinking um, my parents intentionally and um, very smartly um, studied where they wanted to move because they wanted to send me to a great school district, and I moved up to Klein. And when I was in kindergarten, I was surrounded with um, blonde hair and blue eyes, and I wanted to be like them. I had a silly name, in my opinion. I did not like my name. In fact, I made up and told everyone my middle name was Daisy. Because <laughs> that was, Lou honestly, Bluebell Daisy. Lou Daisy <laughs> um, because I honestly thought that was the most Caucasian name I could think of. And, um, and I really wanted to fit in. And um, when I realized, though, what makes us different makes us incredible. And I am really um, lucky to live in a city where... Um, Rumor has it, and I believe it's fact, that we are the most diverse city in the country. We are. And um, how I um, kind of savor every part of that, um, whether or not it's our food, which is probably my favorite, um, our music, um, our just the way we treat each other. I think everyone can learn from us. And sometimes some Houstonians don't realize how lucky we are, like this woman, um, that we have people of all colors and ages and backgrounds and ethnicities, and it's something that is is um, makes the city um, unique, and um, we are lucky every day to wake up and be here. And so I, I'm just that's why I tr- try to promote that as much as possible. I'm, I'm probably Houston's biggest homer, what 100. <laughs> and um, and so it doesn't even matter that um, you know we all have different types of music. Um, I think it's we all share it, and we should all love it and celebrate it. Exactly. So you mentioned um, coming here at four years old mm-hmm. um, with your parents from the Philippines yes. and um, seeing, wanting to be something other than the way that you looked because that was what was acceptable. That was the norm. What did your, your mom and dad, Bernie and Lurella, yes. what did they teach you to help you get past that point where you felt like you weren't enough just the way that you are? And that you didn't need to aspire to be like what is the norm. You can just be you and be okay with that. Um, I remember distinctly in um, elementary school, they had a map of the world. And you had to put a, a pin where you were born. And, of course, there was like all the pins were in Texas or especially in Houston. And, you know, you had someone really cool who was born in like... California or Florida, and then all the way on the other side of the map was my pin. And I remember feeling just 
almost isolated, you know, as a second grader or first grader thinking to myself, why is my pin all the way on the other side of the map? And um, and there was another young lady from Kuwait, and her her pin was um, there too. And it was during open house, and I remember my parents coming in, and my mom looking up at that map and looking at me with this massive smile, being like, "How awesome is that? Mm-hmm. How wonderful that your pin is in a different place!" And how um, people asked. Where is that? Because um, everyone knew where Houston was. Everyone knew where Dallas was or Austin. Um, but someone would ask, "Where is? Um, tell us more about where your pin is. And you had the opportunity to teach then. And my mom came from a long line of teachers. And without even knowing it, she taught um, every day outside of the classroom. And I remember thinking, well, that I guess that doesn't make me odd. Um, it really doesn't make me special, more special. It just allows me to say, hey, this is my background. This is where I'm from, and um, to be proud of it. To be proud of it. Yeah. And I, I think that your stories teach. You're teaching in your own way. I hope so. I hope so. Do you ever think about it in those terms? Um, I hope, if anything, um, my stories teach... Um, the art of love and the art of faith in some of them. Um, And when I say faith, it's faith in each other. Um, It's faith in whatever um, part of the sky you pray to. Um, And I hope I teach people to um, ask questions, ask about other people's stories. Um, You... um, I think part of what makes um, my stories real is because I'm shameless and I'm nosy. And I, <laughs> there is no other reason. I mean, there is, if people don't come up to me and tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to tell you this awesome story about my family today. Um, I get to um, learn little by little um, about people. And, um, and then if I really want to, which is pretty much all the time, um, I start to um, nudge a little bit. And so I think if people ask more, they realize why someone feels a certain way that day, why some people act or believe um, the, um, you know, big, the morals and the values they have. Um, and it might be different from yours. And I think that's what, I think that's the main thing I would like people to learn from anything I post is just to look around and ask how, ask how someone is that day. Right, because the the stories are the they're the nuggets. That's where that's that's where we can can that's what we can grasp onto to try to understand. Yes. And that's what this podcast is all about is trying to share people's stories so that people who are watching and listening might say, "Oh, wow, I can see myself in that." And that person's more like me than I realized. That's right. Um, That's the common humanity piece. And I think what people also learn very quickly is how Houston is the smallest big city in the world and how um, just listening um, to your podcast, I um, not only am like, I know that person or I've um, listened to that person speak and or I've been to that museum um, and now I understand it more. And um, I think um, people open their mouths a lot and don't they don't open their ears enough. Mm. Okay, one of the many nonprofit organizations. Well, first of all, tell people what you do for a living because we sure. kind of haven't really oh, talked about that. No, no, yes. no. So um, right now I work for um, Sterling Associates, which is a nonprofit consulting firm here in town. I've been there for six years, mm-hmm. and I have the privilege to work with um, nonprofits all over the city, um, including um, as big as Theater Under the Stars. Um, I'm a big musical lover, and I'm very lucky to work with 
that organization, all the way to um, a small, small school called the Arbor School. That is a school for children with disabilities. And um, also the center, which is um, many people know is um, a training and housing and um, awesome organization for adults with um, disabilities. Um, and before that, though, is where I met you. Right. And I um, was a um, at the Pink Ribbons Project for 13 years. And um, that is really, I started at Pink Ribbons when I was 22 and um, didn't know one person with breast cancer. I um, went there because honestly they gave me a job and I um, the founders were such inspirations to me and I formed my own family honestly of breast cancer survivors and patients and their families and um, when I left Pink Ribbons Project I still was very involved there um, but continued on um, with many breast cancer advocacy work. One of the organizations that you're very involved with is Sweets of Hope. Yes. So share a little bit about what Sweets of Hope is all about and then go into your story, the post that you did on that. Yes. Um, At Pink Ribbons, um, one of the breast cancer um, survivors that I met was a woman named Rachel Midget. And Rachel um, was diagnosed at age 37. And um, she started um, going to MD Anderson for clinical trials because she was diagnosed at stage four. Mm. And she realized quickly she lived in Bel Air and all of her friends that she met at um, getting treatment were from Sacramento and Kansas City and New York. And in addition to the um, financial burden of um, all of the medical treatment, they were paying for a hotel. Um, and they were um, paying for parking at a hotel. And so she went home to her wonderful husband, Clint, and said, you know, I don't think I'm going to live to see my retirement. Um, So I think I want to buy a condo to start housing these families. And she did. And one of um, my, the very, um, one of the pros of me retiring from Pink Ribbons Project was I became, got on the board of Suites of Hope. Um, Rachel passed away at 41, and um, her husband, her physician, and um, five of us have continued Sweets of Hope in her legacy and actually have bought three more condos. So we have four Sweets um, of Hope, and um, it is all, we have, um, I am the volunteer executive director, and um, all of you listening, I wish I could put a font with an underline that said volunteer. Uh, none of us get paid. We get paid um, with um, pretty um, incredible stories of these patients. And the one that um, I shared with you that I would love to um, share is actually somebody who never stayed with us. And um, But um, she is an extraordinary person. And um, I'll just read that story right now. Please That's do. Okay. Tanya Mayfield was scheduled to move into Suites of Hope in 10 days on Monday, November 6th. She and I met via phone almost eight months ago after she inquired about housing in Houston. Tanya had advanced case of breast cancer and was waiting for approval to participate in a clinical trial at MD Anderson. In the meantime, she was getting treatment in her hometown of Atlanta. When we talked for the first time, she was thinking ahead and desperately needed to find a place to stay. Tanya was simply a joy. She loved her life, her family, her faith, and knew without any doubt she was going to conquer this disease. At the beginning of the spring, and I remember this because she told me how excited she was to see the legendary Texas Blue Bonnets, she called and said she was accepted into the trial and it would begin at the beginning of November. 
could she possibly move in on the 6th? Absolutely. We emailed in August to touch base about her health, and I said I would see her then. Two weeks ago, I emailed Tanya to set up a time for her move-in. I surprisingly did not get a response. She was always so prompt and responsible. A week later, I called and left a message on her home number. Nothing back. This afternoon, I got a call on my cell cell phone from Tanya's sister. Is this Lubell? Yes, I said, wondering if I should have answered because I did not recognize the number at all. My name is Alyssa, Tanya Mayfield's sister. Oh, hello. I'm so sorry to tell you my sister died on September 14th. I had forgotten she made reservations to stay with you. Crushed, I told Alyssa how sorry I was to hear about her loss, how even more sorry I would never meet Tanya in person, and what a gentle, fighting soul she was. I'm sorry I kept emailing, calling her. That's probably why you contacted me. Emails and calls, Alyssa said. Yes, she was supposed to move in on November 6th, and I left many messages. I should have never bothered you if I had known. Lubel, I never got those messages. I found a letter in my sister's belongings to Suites of Hope with your phone number. She would like to pay for a year's stay for other patients. $25 a month, yes? She made a check out to Suites of Hope for $300. I said, this is the most selfish gesture I, can ever, I have ever seen. Alyssa said, the check had a note. This is my way to say Tanya Mayfield was here at Suites of Hope. And this was in the middle of the Astros um, run. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the long nights, early mo- mornings, life stresses and joy, baseball fun and cheers, and quiet moments of why, I needed this. A reminder that when I scheduled my meeting with Tanya, we had no clue, maybe she did, that the continuation of our friendship would, never, would, would be much later in another life that a life I was excited to be a part of, I would never see in person. That to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people just exist, and that is all. Tanya Mayfield was here, will most certainly be on the wall at Suites of Hope, and it is. But today, it will be on my newsfeed, in your world for even a moment, and in my world forever. She just didn't exist. She, even for the shortest time, lived. And so I think that's really a, um, you know, we have this um, tremendous medical center in Houston and Suites of Hope plays a tiny, tiny part of it. But um, to these women and men and their families are fighters. And um, I love posting about that because I think people um, don't realize the struggles people are going through at any given moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's so, um, I guess it's human nature, but we often talk about how we find a way to come together when we are having a shared experience. And so often those shared experiences are struggles. Yes. Hurricane Harvey. Yes. Um, understanding how people are dealing with debilitating illness. Whatever it is, when we see that we're all in need, we band together. We remember each other's humanity. That's right. We help each other. And what I love about your stories is that they remind us of that. I hope so. They remind us of that because I remember, you know, all of us here in the Houston area, of course, you know, many are still recovering from Hurricane Harvey. There are many people that are still not in their homes. That's right. Um, and some will never get back in their homes. They just have, have to find a new normal. Um, but during that time, people didn't stop to ask you what your faith was 
or who you voted for right. or you know what what your beliefs in whatever are when they saw you in need because your your house is underwater and you're trying to get out they just said how can i help you that's right and as the recipient you didn't say oh man in the boat who's going to save my butt you know who did you vote for that's right. you know what i'm saying or what church do you or attend or what church do you that's attend right. yes. you know who do you pray to None of that stuff matters when it get, when you get down to the survival, life and death, which you know what humanity is all about. So, um, Lubell, I could sit here and, and and talk to you for days, and 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 I know your considerable following on Facebook has been after you for a very long time to just write a book already. Oh no, <laughs> okay, just write a book already. So I'm going to keep nudging you to do okay, that. Okay, okay. But, but in the meantime, yes. Um, there's another story that I want you to share, yes. and it's it's even more personal because it's about you. That's right. I um you know I do write about um, me every once in a while, but they're just honestly just small quips. Mm-hmm. Um, I my longer stories about are other people or my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so um you know I think Bernie and Lorella, my parents love it. My husband is not on Facebook. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, and um and it's That's a good thing. and it's so funny because there are times he uh, my favorite story about Boomer was he was um. At a spin class at our gym, and he hopped on a bike, and the guy next to him looked at him and said, "Why don't you get Lubella a puppy?" And he goes, "I don't know who you are. Why, who are you?" And he goes, "And he's like, oh, you read it on Facebook." He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay." And so um, he, he they're, they're, I write really long stories about that. But the last story I wanted to share with you was honestly, there is um, how you find um, I, I find joy in other people. Um, sometimes I find it harder to find joy within myself um, and to find contentment with myself. I think I'm a harsh critic of who I am sometimes. And this one and this okay. one was um, more about um, me. And um, I think, and it's also a little bit lighter. And so I wanted to share that. Um, upon the recommendation of incredibly kind supporters of Sweets of Hope, I had a PR firm reach out to me to see if I wanted to be one of the spokespeople for a newly formed breast health awareness organization and their advertising spread that they were creating. Heck, it got the word out for Sweets of Hope. They were going to take me out to a couple lunches, and the word model was batted around. (laughs) Sign me up. I had a few meetings with them about sweets, my history with breast health cancer awareness, breast cancer awareness, the inspiration gifted to me from the survivors and the patients I meet, my personal scare and process through that, it was going to be great. I had a ball, and everyone I spoke to seemed to, th- to get an inkling of my unwavering passion for this cause. They asked me to come for a quick photo shoot, and although I was a bit apprehensive, they also tossed out my, free, my favorite three words, free blowout. <laughs> and I said, sign me up again. This past week, an associate of this PR firm called to tell me they were sorry, but I was not chosen to be one of the spokespeople. I sincerely thanked them, said I had a blast, and I wished them luck. And then he said, we were just looking for someone more American. Wait. Well, I am American. Oh, I know, Lubell, but our look was for someone American and a little bit more able-bodied and life. Did you just say life? <laughs> you mean thinner. I didn't mean that, just, you know, standard sizing. Did you just say what? 
I couldn't help but start laughing when I told him the last person who said life to me was a Shakespeare professor at Notre Dame. I'm sorry it didn't work out, he said. And despite my parents' incredible work to teach me how to be gracious in defeat, I said, I don't think I am. For someone, for some time, I went from shock to pity to horror to sadness. I know who I am. I know what I look like. And I have to say someone, and I have to, and I, and to have someone say it wasn't their thought of beauty made me incredibly bitter and somber. But then I thought a little more. You know, yeah, I know who I am, and I know what I look like, and although I also know it can be better, my soul is totally life with content. I am healthy. Sure, there are days the size 12 pants get tighter after a burger, but after some medical scares that turn out on the bright side and watching others desperately trying to stay well and strong as cancer invades their bodies, I hug my curvy self a lot. My mind may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but it knows how to laugh, care, wonder, and appreciate my American life. My American life through my Filipino heritage, with my friends from around the world, working at an incredible job that assists every sector, class, religion in the country's most diversified city. It's all good, and I wish them well because I also realize it doesn't matter who speaks about breast cancer as long as someone keeps talking about it. And I realized I'm already a spokesperson for my family, for my friends, for myself, and I don't even need a headshot. <laughs> no, you definitely do not need a headshot. You're a spokesperson for humanity. You, you oh. truly are. That's a, that's, a, that's a great label. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, you should. And you should wear it proudly because um, you're special. Um, something you said about, um, gosh, just making sure that we embrace the small moments, mm -hmm. you know. If there were one thing that, that you could leave with our audience, and, and you, you said something a little bit earlier, but I'm going to give you a chance to say even more um, about your thoughts about where we are as a, as a society right now, the divisions that seem to be so pervasive and more difficult to overcome day by day, uh, particularly as an immigrant to this country mm -hmm. and knowing what the immigration debate is right now. What do, you, what do you think is, I won't say even the answer, but what are some steps that we as individuals can take to deal with this situation? Um, I am a, um, you know, it, it was interesting. I wrote a post um, along last election, actually 2016 election. I wrote a post before um, the results came in, and it was about how I was assigned to take my grandfather to vote. Um, out of the 13 grandchildren, um, I was assigned the cardiologist in voting is pretty much my two assignments. And I, um, and I would bet very good money that my grandfather and I canceled out our votes most elections. Um, but we always went to McDonald's and shared a fish fillet and fries um, after. And there was a respect there of um, what we believed in. There was a respect on my part that he um, 
took the initiative at um, in his 80s to become a citizen to vote. Um, and there was, I'm sure, a respect that he had for me and his 12 other grandchildren that um, he taught his his own kids to give us the best life possible, which included um, free will and our own minds and our own opinions um, to form. And it's everything from, um, you know, just not even political, but they taught us, um, my grandparents and my parents um, and my aunts and uncles taught us all um, how to love freely and unconditionally and how to be respectful to everybody um, despite what their viewpoints are. And that, I think, is really lacking. I can absolutely um, say um, that I have, I'm very strong strong in my um, belief, which is number one, love is love is love, um, no matter what that is, whether or not it is, um, you know, to your family or your friends, um, to your earth, um, to um, just whoever it is you pass on the street, which is why I write about that a lot. Um, and I think there is, you know, you always, um, you might vote differently, but you still need um you still need to share your fries <laughs> after. And um, I think that is something I'd love to just leave with your audience is um, to listen more um, and to also be able to um, share your um, your love of each other and um, your hope for the future. I'm, I'm 41, um, and I think I'm in a very... Um, lucky spot that I've got godchildren and nieces and nephews that I have to think ahead for. Um, and what is the country, this country and this world going to be like for them in 10, 20, 50 years? Um, but I also think we are at a tipping point where we can, um, where all the wonderful reasons why my parents brought me here to the United States um, might be forgotten. And we can't forget that. No, we can't forget that. And you're talking about love is love is love. And I remember what you said about in your last um, story that you read about yourself. I know who I am. I know what I look like. I know what my beliefs are. It starts there because if you don't love yourself, you can't, you're going to project that onto someone else. So much of, I think, where we are is with, begins with that kind of dysfunction where we don't know how to be okay with who we are. And if we feel like we don't have enough and we are not enough all by ourselves, then, we, then you can't have it. You can't have it because that's mine. Agreed, agreed. And I think when um, part of self-awareness is knowing your flaws and understanding them as well um, because accepting I accepting them, accepting them. <laughs> I think if you um, feel you are flawless um, I think you don't give yourself room to learn and so that's um, I think part of um, what makes us stronger as a community and um, as a band of brothers and sisters is learning from each other and so you've got to be able to know yourself and allow space for everybody else. Lubel, thank you so much for sharing your voice with us today and the voices of all the characters <laughs> in your stories. And um, again, I, I want to link to whatever you allow us to link Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yes. So that our audience can go online and 
and and feast upon these because it's it's like manna for the soul. It it really is. Thank I can't you, tell Linda. you how much I look forward to your posts. And when I see one, it's like I don't even start reading it unless I know I really have time to read it because I want to I want to really savor every word of it because I I just it it fills me up. You fill me up. Thank you so much. Thank Linda. you, my friend. Thank you Love for being sharing here. Your, Thank yourself. You with our audience. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch and listen, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for giving our guests permission to speak and for having the courage to listen with an open mind. If the mission of Our Voices Matter resonates with you, please like, subscribe, download, and share, and then join the conversation because it really is going to take all of us to make a difference.